Welcome back to another episode of Confessions of a Crappy Christian. I am your host and resident crappy Christian, Blake, and every week I get to have the coolest conversations with incredible people about all the things most Christians are still not sure we're allowed to talk about. So if you've been looking for a place to land with all your crap and for someone to just be honest about what it looks like to walk through this Christian life, well, you've come to the right place. Pull up a seat pop in your headphones and tune out your kids and come hang out with me and a guest for the authentic conversations that you have been looking for. Gretchen, welcome to Confessions of a Crappy Christian. Thank you. I am very happy to be here with you today. So we're here technically to talk about your book, but I feel like I need to tell people that we have already been talking for 15 minutes (laughs) and you've made me cry already once. Yeah. So... (laughs) I feel like we just did the podcast in our previous I know. <laughs> I do too. So I, we literally were like, okay, we got to start recording because yeah. we're going to go through all the good stuff. Before we get started, you have this incredible ministry, Well-Watered Women, and now you have a book coming out of the same title. And I would just love to hear kind of the heart behind what that means, what a well-watered life is and where that came from for you. Yeah, yeah Absolutely. So much of it has come from my own experience, my own walk with the Lord. Um, Starting at the age of seven is when I gave my life to Christ. And the dried up life, I I do want to mention, first of all, when I'm referring to the dried up life, there's actually multiple ways to view this from. So first of all, you'll see this in the book, um, dried up represents your life before Christ. In Ephesians 2, we learn that we were dead in our trespasses, completely separated from God. And that is the essence of dried up, the, the ultimate essence of being separated from God. And through Christ, we have been given this new opportunity to live a brand new life in him, a life that's mm-hmm. redeemed and set free and whole and on purpose. It's all the things that we long for. Everybody longs for this. And it's all found in Christ, this well-watered, overflowing, abundant life. And yet when we become a Christian, like I said, I became a Christian at age seven, I still struggled with perfectionism on this is going all the way into like my adulthood. Even today, I still, the, the desire for perfectionism can rear its ugly head in my life in a sense that it points me away from Christ. It points me to the things of this world where I start thinking, oh, if I looked perfect, it's perfect. If I act perfect, if I just had the perfect home, I could keep going on and on with the list. Um, and when I take my eyes off of Christ, even in my walk with him, I can start veering down that dried up direction. And this is the, this is in essence, the, the goal of the Christian life is to keep our eyes on him, to be rooted deeply in him who has done everything for us. He has paid the the price. And mm-hmm. when we live our lives out of the fruit of what Jesus has done, the completed work of what he has done. We no longer have to hustle and hurry. We no longer strive for perfection because Christ was the perfect sacrifice for us. We can come just as we are to him who who has redeemed us and given us the well-watered life. And so it's also just this daily fight. We, We have to go to battle every single day. The moment we wake up, we are still in a spiritual battle because we live in a fallen world. And my goal in this book um, is to show women that the well-watered life is deeply rooted in God's word. We can't flourish. We can't thrive in this world and 
in our walks with him without knowing God's word and living our lives according to it. So um, ultimately the well-watered life, it's following Christ. It's knowing Mm -hmm. him. It's living our lives based off of the fruit of all that he has done and the joy knowing that he is at work in our lives every single moment, every single day. You and I's message is very similar. Yes. Our messages are very, very similar in hustle culture and, and the burnout. You have your own experience of crashing and burning. Yes. As a believer, no truth, but still kind of going that route. Yes. And we're talking about how really incredibly cool it is that we both, we have a very similar message and we share it so differently. Yes. And that how beautiful that is. So we're both published by the same publisher. My book isn't out yet. Your, yours is, I think yours comes out maybe the day after this interview comes out. Yes. And yours is (laughs) beautiful and you love flowers. It's totally flower. It's like, I mean, it is say flowery. Hopefully I'm not talking, I'm not talking about the content. The content will take you deep, but the cover has flowers on it. It Yeah. It really does. But you like also love flowers in your real life. You have like gardens upon gardens and that is who you are. Meanwhile, if I can pull off having the cover of my book being black, I will. Yeah. You know, and you are so kind hearted and gentle. And I'm over here like, listen up. (laughs) (laughs) Here's the thing. And I am so thankful personally, genuinely, you and I have gotten to connect over the last few weeks, you know, personally talking on Fox and stuff like that. I am so, so thankful to come up alongside someone who is doing something really similarly to what I'm doing totally differently. Yep. Yes. This is such a reminder that God made you the way that he did on purpose. And you said this before recording, there's room. Yes. There, well, room. that's what I always go back. And I don't know the exact number right now, but there are 7 billion people in the world. That's mm-hmm. a lot of people. And mm-hmm. I think that we can also buy into the lie that, oh, they're doing that. So I shouldn't do that. You know, they're writing. I shouldn't write. They're creating. I shouldn't create. And that is such a lie. God created every single one of us to bring him glory in a unique way. There's things that I am just totally not gifted at. Um, or mm-hmm. there's ways that, that I speak that's different than how you speak. And yet God has a unique ministry and he surrounds us with people who need to hear this message. So it is such a cool reminder um, to be faithful and to not feel like you have to fit into a mold. That's actually one of the things that I talk about in the book. Um, The very last chapter, this is not one size fits all. This is Mm -hmm. not Um, you know, you're going to read this and you feel like, oh, I have to fit into this box and be this perfect Christian woman. That is the complete opposite message of this book. Instead, it's saying, hey, you're not going to be perfect this side of eternity. Christ is the one who is perfect. And yet we can follow him in freedom. We can follow Mm -hmm. him and be fruitful in our lives as he created us to be. It's it's just a beautiful thing. And I think the more women can come to understand that, can come to think that they don't have to be like their neighbor. They don't have to try to run the race in their neighbor's shoes that don't even fit them. Rather, they need to just lace up the running shoes that God has given them and run the race set before them with their eyes on Jesus. Yes. Well, and conversely, I have to say Mm -hmm. that you could have very easily 
been like, who is this girl? Where does she think she's coming from? This is what I talk about. But instead, your response has been so overwhelmingly, hey, if you need help, if you need tips, if you need advice on writing a book, I'm here. Here's my Voxer. Like, let's talk. And that is the other side of it that no, we don't have to look like everybody else. Right. Even if someone does kind of look like what we're doing. Yeah. Don't need to like put our hand on top of their head and like shove them down. Yeah. Pull them up. And because exactly what you said, the the world needs all of our voices. Yeah. Even if it kind of sort of seems like we're talking about the same thing. Well, we all are. If we're Christians. Right. Exactly. We're we're reading the same Bible. We have the same Holy Spirit. We're um, the same Savior, you know, one God, one word, one Savior, one Lord. Like we are proclaiming the same message. And yet this is a message I need to hear every single day of my life. Mm-hmm. And sometimes even when I look at the things I'm writing, I'm like, I basically said that yesterday, but I need <laughs> to hear it again today. And I need to yeah. hear it in this circumstance and I need to hear it in this way. And God knows that the gospel is the only thing that it never gets old. God's word, you can read it a million times and you're always going to find something new. God's going to show you some new truth and treasure that you're just blown away by. No other book Amen. is like that. Amen. Speaking of books, let's talk about yours. <laughs> How about that segue right, All right there? That was, that was a good one. That wasn't practical. <laughs> So the concept of well-watered women comes from your own Mm -hmm. personal journey of being dried up. And you've talked about, you bought into hustle culture, you crashed and burned. Tell us a little bit about that experience and how, I'd love to hear like how you're different now than you were then. Mm, That's a good question. So two things come to mind. Um, two specific burnouts and breaking points that absolutely wrecked me. And yet God used that wrecking ball to rebuild me on the foundation of the gospel. And one of the things that I had bought into the lie is that as a Christian woman, I have to be perfect. Like I have Mm -hmm. to have my life all together. I need to say the right things. Um, I don't remember even, I've tried to just think through where did that message come in? Like, I can't think of anybody that told me that, but I can think of, you know, just, I I would read different books for girls when I was growing up, like Christian books. And I just always got this message that you need to fit into this box and you need Mm -hmm. to be just like this. If you're going to um, be a Christ follower, if you're going to be a godly woman. And instead of setting me free to know that Christ has done it all and he does the transformation work in my heart, I felt like there was a huge list. Um, like I did not like the Proverbs 31 woman. Cause I would, I would just look <laughs> at that and be like, this woman is impossible. And that mm-hmm. was actually one of the first studies we ever did with well-watered women, because I was like, we're going to dive into this and we're going to look mm-hmm. at this from a gospel perspective and see what God has to say about this woman and, and what her life is really all about. So I had bought into this lie And I was really good at being the good girl, Um, really, really good at it all the way through high school. And then when I got to college and I was away from home, you know, just in a totally new environment, living with somebody I didn't know, like in an all girls dorm, I was just hit with this reality that, hey, um, there's other people out there and you don't have it all together. And so I started grasping for control in every way that I could thinking through, okay, I don't feel like I'm enough anymore. And so I need to have control over my eating, over my appearance. I need to be just like this girl in my dorm and the list could go on and on. 
And, you know, at the same time, I, I wanted to know Christ more. I was truly seeking to follow him, but Satan is so deceptive. He was deceiving mm-hmm. me with so many lies and, and again, kind of veering me off on this dried up route. And within my freshman year of college, I lost 25 pounds of weight that I mm. did not need to lose in the first place and was knee deep in an eating disorder. And mm-hmm. I didn't even see it at first. I, I was totally oblivious to the fact that my body was frail and that I had gone down like six sizes. Mm-hmm. And um, so many people saw that. But I, again, I Satan had blinded me with so many lies. And I would look in the mirror and I still thought I'm still not enough. It's still not enough. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I started losing my hair. Um, when you lose that much weight that fast, your body will start losing things in order to like hold on to what it needs. And I remember, Mm -hmm. um, actually at this point I was living in an apartment with seven other girls. I remember taking a shower and clumps of hair falling out into my hands. And I just frantically went to one of my roommates and I said, um, do you think my hair is getting thinner? Like I, I hadn't even realized it. And she looked at me with such compassion in her eyes and just said, yeah. And Mm. I started weeping and that was one of the lowest moments where I finally was able to see the brokenness of my body, the brokenness of my sin. And in those moments, I I experienced just the true grace of God through the love of other people. But I also saw my sin again, as it was just total, um, just I'm completely desperate without Christ and the lies of this world will never ever lead me to the flourishing life that they promise ever. And, mm-hmm. um, so in that moment, I remember when I began the road to healing, um, after being at that very, very low point and realizing this is a problem, this is a huge problem. And if it is not addressed, I mean, this could lead to eventual physical death. Mm-hmm. And, um, so, I mean, even the, I just, I remember the pain and the heartache just like it was yesterday. And I also remember thinking I'm disqualified as a Christian. (laughs) I -hmm. really thought, believed the lie that I was completely disqualified to share my faith ever again. I was no longer the perfect Christian woman. I had fallen into the trap of an eating disorder and I just felt like a complete and total failure. And I remember my mom um, talking with me one day and just saying, Gretchen, someday you're going to tell this story and you're going to tell it. And you're going to be on the other side and you're going to be able to encourage other women to know that they are not alone and they're not without hope. And in that moment, I thought, there's no way I'm never, I will never share this story. Like I never Mm -hmm. want people to know that I lost huge clumps of hair. Um, I had to cut my hair off so short so it could grow back, grow, grow out again. Um, Mm -hmm. I didn't want to tell anybody this story ever again. I wanted to hide it. That's what sin does. Sin and shame. It wants to keep us in hiding and, and we still keep hustling to try to prove ourselves when we know that we're not enough at the core. So that was the very first breaking point that God allowed me to see my total desperation for him. And he'll also exposed so many lies that I had believed about the Christian life, about how I should be perfect. And yet I wasn't relying on all that Christ had done. I didn't fully understand how the gospel set me free. And then the Mm -hmm. second breaking point, um, it's, it's different. Whenever I was married, I had started an online ministry and I started hustling after what were good things. 
Um, you know, sharing the gospel, creating things that would point women to Jesus. But I was sharing at the expense of my actual personal walk with the Lord and my health and my family. And I had my first child and I didn't even take a maternity leave. I was like, gotta keep going. (laughs) There's no time to rest. And in that season, I started to have panic attacks. And the next year I went through the deepest depression. I, I didn't even know that was possible. I didn't even know I could have that kind of depression and the anxiety and the depression and the panic attacks. I really thought I'm never going to be able to do ministry again. Like this is, mm-hmm. this is going to take me out. And I, again, started to believe this lie. I'm disqualified. I am not perfect. I don't have it all together. And God instead turns to me and goes, yeah, you don't, you don't have it all together and you don't have to have it all together. Like I do. And, and so he showed me there's this better way of life and it's the opposite of our culture. It's the opposite of, you know, when, when you think of success culturally, you think a lot of money, a lot of followers, fame, um, worldly luxuries, comfort. You think of a body that's chiseled and looks a certain way, you know, these are the (laughs) things that we look at and we're like, wow, they're so successful. And yet there's, um, I can't remember what movie Sorry, This is a few years ago, right before he died. I could look up his name and send it to you later. Right before he died, he looked to his child and he said so much wasted time. And this is Mm. literally somebody who is very famous. And those were his last words, so Mm. much wasted time. And he had it all. He was a movie star. He was wealthy. He had fame. He had fortune. And yet he, at the end of his life, he had that perspective. And so as Christ followers, we've been set free from that. Our breaking points, our lowest points are God's grace to us. They're actually a gift to us to show us that we are needy. We can't do this on our own. We need Christ and we have him. I love that your breaking point, not that I love your breaking points, Yeah, (laughs) but I love that they were first of all, so different, but also that you experienced them long after your walk with Christ had begun. Yep. Yeah. Because I think so many people think that, and you even used this verbiage of disqualified. We think that, but I think we also think we are disqualified from crashing and burning once we have Jesus. Yep. Because I definitely have thought that, that I'm good, you know, but the world is so distracting and it's so attractive and it's, you know, it's lies promise us so much and then they don't hold up and we're left empty handed. We talked about this before we actually started recording, but how this has, has kind of very sneakily come into Christian culture and into churches, Mm -hmm. um, the Mm -hmm. ways of the world, but the hustle, the success, the, numbers, you know, all of these things have actually creeped in in a a way that it's pointing us away from Christ. And so one of the things I I talk about in the book is dried up wells, Um, these Mm -hmm. dried up wells that we run to thinking, oh, I'm going to find satisfaction in my social media following. I'm going to find satisfaction if I get this promotion, if I quit my job and I do my dream job and then they, you know, you quit it and you're like, oh, this is really hard. I still have bills to pay. You know, these are all these empty wells that we run to and we think, oh, this is going to find satisfaction, forgetting that we have the living water of Christ. Mm -hmm. And as a Christian, we are still struggling day by day. We still live in a fallen world. Um, We're being sanctified. 
we are sanctified mm-hmm. and yet we are also being sanctified, still being transformed into the likeness of Christ. And so even as Christians, I mean, we can run to those dried up things. We can um, become distracted and start realizing, okay, the fruit of my life is not spiritual gospel centered fruit. Yeah. Like the fruit of my life right now is jealousy and anger and <sighs> bitterness and all of those things. I mean, I named things that I struggle with or anxiety. And we go back to the roots of those things and go, oh, you know, I Mm. haven't read my Bible in like two weeks. And Mm -hmm. I also am not really fellowshipping with other people or, um, you know, I'm spending like 90% of my day on social media. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's why the fruit is this dried up rotten fruit. Um, Yes. And so that's one of the things that I wanted women to know in this book, like this is a process. You are growing. You're not just going to reach a destination and be like, oh, I'm there. I'm perfect the rest of my life. I'm this, mm-hmm. I'm not going to struggle. I'm immune to suffering. That is not the reality that we see in scripture. Um, we see Jesus telling us to seek him every day. We see him telling us, don't worry because he knows we're going to worry. We see him talking to um, the believers saying, okay, you know, forgive your brother and sister just like I have forgiven you all of these things that are not just one-time things. This is a daily pursuit and a daily transformation. Amen. And and anybody that listens to this show regularly or follows me on Instagram knows that I'm super passionate about this culture of hurry and hustle. And you speak into it so beautifully as well. And I love that your focus tends to be on rest mm. and the importance and then how we flourish in mm. that. And yeah. what I think is the problem for believers, like you were saying, this message has seeped into our churches yeah. is that first of all, we're hustling and being distracted by good things. Yeah. Yep. Because we've got our priorities all out of whack. Mm-hmm. But then also I think it's exactly what you said, our definition of flourishing, our definition of rest, our definition of success has, has been influenced by the world yep. instead of the quite clear cut definition of that, that God has given us, you know, yes. and one of the things that I tend to take issue with a lot publicly is this like made for more verbiage. Yeah. yeah. And I've, I've been known to kind of get loud about it on my Instagram because there is nothing more. There's nothing more than being made in the image of Christ to love other people to him. There's nothing more than that. Are the other things good? Yes. Are they more? No, I don't want any more than that. And what's sad is the more that they're promising is only going to lead them to want more because it's not enough. Like it's this whole, it's like a hamster wheel, you know, to say, oh, you're made for more, like you're made for, um, this kind of success or, you know, whatever it is. And then you get it and you're like, that didn't bring me the satisfaction I wanted. What's the next thing? Yep. Yep. And it is a hamster wheel. And like, to be very blunt, it's a hamster wheel that that culture and the people who have monetized it want you to live on. Yes. Yep. Because if you live on the hamster wheel, then you always need something from them. And it, yes. and, and they're, what's even more disheartening is the ones that you know, know they hold the keys to the good stuff. Yeah. And they're choosing not to share it. Yeah. And that's the, you know? that's the opposite for us, though, as believers. Right. Is 
we have the good stuff and it's our mission to share it. Like that Mm -hmm. is what we do in whatever capacity you do. Like if you're a nurse, you're still sharing that gospel message and what you do and in how you serve people. If you're Amen. staying at home with your kids, homeschooling them this year, because a lot of people are homeschooling now, uh, mm-hmm. like you're still doing that. You're still sharing that good, amazing gospel message with your kids, with your neighbors. If you're, you know, working as a grocery clerk, you're still sharing it with those people. You're still living that out. And so it, this is something that it's not just like, oh, you go to church Sunday and check that off the list or you you know, did your Bible study for the week. This is a lifestyle. Christ Mm -hmm. doesn't want just part of your life. He doesn't want just Sunday mornings and he doesn't just deserve Sunday mornings. He deserved, he deserves every moment. Um, and he purchased that for us on the cross. Amen. So, okay. In your, this isn't, I was going to say opinion, but it's not, it's just the truth. Yes. What does actual biblical biblically living a life that's flourishing, what does that look like? I think it begins small. It begins in the Mm. small faithfulness. It begins behind the scenes Um, Mm -hmm. in the moments that nobody is going to see you opening your Bible, setting aside your phone, setting aside your to-do list to commune with your maker. They're not going to see that. They shouldn't see it. They're not going to see the moments where you're wrestling, where you're up at night um, and you've got, you know, thoughts going through your head and you're Instead going, okay, God, I'm going to turn to you in a prayer of desperation or in the moment where you find out you have cancer or just some tragedy happens and you turn to God and in a Psalm of lament, just crying out to him, they're not going to see those moments, but that's where flourishing begins. It begins Mm -hmm. behind the scenes in the secret places where you choose to fellowship with him, where you choose to know him. Um, one thing that's so crazy to me, I was doing some research on thoughts the other day and, um, you know, we have thousands upon thousands of thoughts every day, but this was interesting. So 95% of our thoughts are repeat thoughts from the day before. And when I read that, I was like, why are we not hiding scripture in our hearts? Like, why are we not memorizing Mm. the word? Because I want that to be my automatic thought when something comes up and not this negative lie. And so, um, flourishing in Christ. It begins secret. It begins behind the scenes, but it's also obedience. It's obedience right where you are. And we, again, this is where we bought into the lie that we need to go start some huge nonprofit. Maybe God's called you to do that. Go do it. But he hasn't called every single person to start a nonprofit, to move to Africa. Sometimes the harder thing isn't moving to Africa. It's actually being faithful right where you are with the people around you. And so it's faithfulness. It's obedience with those right in front of you, like your neighbors, your family. Again, this is where, if you kind of go back to like our heart motives, when we start to think, Oh, but I need to share this on social media. Really a lot of times it's because we want to be seen. We still want to be praised and Mm -hmm. we're never going to do things perfectly. Um, you know, there's, there's always going to be probably that, that little hint of like, um, you know, wanting to build yourself up, but God is greater than that. He can work past that. And he can also work through that. He continues Mm -hmm. to show us as you come to the word, you know, open-handed and ready to be chiseled away by the hammer of the word, he's changing you. And so he does the work. Um, Flourishing looks like knowing God's word. Um, Mm -hmm. Like it's crazy to me. People don't literally know the word. Like they don't read the word in its entirety. And right now I just started um, slowly, slowly reading through Matthew. 
So if you've been listening to the show for any amount of time, you know that I am a huge advocate for counseling. I am super open about my personal mental health struggles and even more so how counseling has made such a massive impact. And so in the midst of some of the weirdest times, I am super excited to partner with Faithful Counseling to bring you affordable and accessible online Christian counseling. You get matched with your counselor within 24 hours and you can start talking. You can do texting. You can do calls. You can do video conferences. Uh, If you don't immediately jive with your counselor, you can switch and they price on a sliding scale. So it's always going to be affordable. And I really just cannot sing their praises enough, as well as the people that I have been able to connect with their services. I constantly get DMs from people just thanking me for telling them about it. And so I wanted to tell you about it. You can get 10% off of your first month with Faithful Counseling by going to getfaithful.com slash crappy Christian and connect with a counselor and start getting the help that you need today. Okay, you guys know I'm always recommending books to you. It's kind of my job. And as much as I love sitting down and actually reading a book, that hardly ever happens. Instead, I listen to them on Audible when I'm in the car, when I'm doing dishes, sometimes even when I'm working out. Right now, I'm listening to A Mind of Your Own by Kelly Brogan. Definitely put that one on your list. But the way Audible works is you pay $15 a month. You get one credit that you can use on a book. And if you don't use that credit, it rolls over to the next month for up to a year. So since you're a listener of Confessions of a Crappy Christian, you can get a free 30-day trial of Audible. All you have to do is go to audibletrial.com slash crappy Christian. You can pick your first audiobook for free today. And if you aren't sure what book to start with, I always suggest When to Walk Away by Gary Thomas. So just go to audibletrial.com slash crappy Christian to start your free 30-day trial. Okay, let's get back to the show. Breaking it down, praying through it. I, I just read it and I go, how could you not believe? Um, and so it's, we have to know the word, like the church has to know the word. And why is that? Because in the beginning was the word, (laughs) like the word is Jesus. If we want to know our savior, if we want to know the truth that sets free, if we want to also have understanding in this world and wisdom and power, we need to know the word. And so flourishing, I'm not going to give you this long list of now, if you do this, then you're going to flourish. That's not what it (laughs) looks like. It looks like seeking him, being obedient to him. And then he does the rest. Amen. And what I love that you're so passionate about biblical literacy. Mm. You can go back in this, this podcast and find many episodes that are about its importance and also how to do it. And Mm. you do that really well. I have your give me Jesus journal and Holy cow. I mean, I've already (laughs) like gushed abundantly to you directly about which was very kind (laughs) it's so good and that's not to say that there aren't other really great prayer journals out there because there are but I love that this one is so it's not even a little bit it's completely based around scripture and what what scripture says about God and who he is and how that applies to your life and yeah I I just love it I love it so much but I love that you 
you have you have multiple Bible studies and that this is a passion of yours. I love hearing you say your answer to the question of how do you flourish being you're in the word and you yeah. know the word and it's hidden in your heart. And then you're like, and here's how, right? Like you're yes. not just saying this is important. You're teaching women and you're giving them tools to study scripture and memorize it. And this is cheesy, but thank you for doing that because it's impacted my life. And I know that there yeah. are other people that are impacted theirs as well. Yeah. Well, that's, that's very kind and generous. Um, it's, I mean, like I've, I mean, hopefully you've heard this on this podcast, like this has been born out of a struggle and out mm-hmm. of a deep desire personally to go, there's a problem, but I know who has the answer <laughs> and yes. I'm going to struggle for God's glory. Like, let's do this. Let's struggle yes. for his glory. Um, let's struggle with the the questions and the study and the figuring it out and all of that stuff. Like it's worth it. And, mm-hmm. um, one of the cool, this is actually really cool. So Blake mentioned, I think you mentioned this about, um, like I have, I have a garden and that's actually something mm-hmm. I just started this year because we've never, this is, we've never owned a house. So I was never, never able to like really plant a garden and yeah. something that's so cool is when plants die, they actually, you know, they drop their seeds so they can reproduce themselves. And a lot of them, like they'll go into the soil and they won't reproduce until it's time next year. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, it's, it's this waiting season and yet all of that matters. And that's another Mm -hmm. part of flourishing in the Christian life is we are reproducers. We're gospel reproducers. We should be making disciples of those around us, whether it's our kids or um, our neighbors or, um, you know, within our local church, whatever that looks like, our lives are meant to reproduce themselves. That's the great commission We're we're meant to share Christ and also, um, to, to be a part of this disciple making mission. And in yes. order to be a disciple, you've got to be a disciple. Like in order to make a disciple, you've got to be a disciple. Um, yes. and so there's a whole chapter on lead, like a follower. And the whole point of it is if you want to lead people, you've got to be a follower of Jesus first. Like you can't lead out of the undertow. You can't lead on empty. You have to be full. And every single day, your tank is going to get empty. Every single day, um, you're going to need to come back to that living water, to that well that always satisfies and never runs dry in order to keep giving. Um, It's like God giving manna in the wilderness. They weren't that. And the Israelites couldn't stock up on it. They couldn't go, okay, I'm going to get all my manna for the week this morning. Mm-hmm. And they tried to go back. They did try. <laughs> and then it rotted and it was gross. Right. God said, no, every single day, I will provide this manna for you. Get what you need. And then I'm going to have it the next day. And that's, it's such an amazing picture of his word and his provision. Um, like through the word, through his Holy Spirit, through prayer, um, and through the people of God that he provides us what we need every day, we're always going to be needy. Like we're mm-hmm. a needy people, but we serve mm-hmm. a God who is so generous and he is and he created us that us. way. Yes. Yep. He created us needy because he's the only one that can fill that need. And we, yes. we run around like crazy people trying to fill it with anything else. Yep. And I love what you said that if you want to be a leader, you have to be a follower of Christ. You have to be drinking from that well. You have to be following him because I think we are typically a culture that loves leaders and we want to be leaders, which, and you can be a leader in any capacity. There's not any one type of 
leader, but if you're not following in the footsteps of Christ, then where are you leading people? Yes. To yourself. And if you're (laughs) also not following them, like if you're not following in his footsteps, you're also going to burn out again. Like, yep. Burnout, like you said this Listen earlier, to us. we're not exempt. <laughs> like we are not right. exempt from burnout. Ministry leaders, church leaders, Bible study leaders, moms, like you are not exempt from burnout. The one most important thing you can do every single day is to be in the word, seeking Christ fully. And this is not yes. just like the pick, you know, like pick and choose your verse. Like, oh, I really like this one. This is all of God's word. All of his word Mm -hmm. speaks to us and is meant for our good. It's meant for our encouragement, for our transformation. Um, Like all of God's word is profitable. And so I want to encourage you to, to go deeper, get uncomfortable in the word, like getting uncomfortable in the word is where the change happens. That's where the growth happens. And that's good. Let's say there's somebody that's listening that is struggling to spend time with God. They are busy, they're overwhelmed, they're out of time. The even with good things. Yes. Because look, I like I am a huge proponent and advocator for being in your Bible, you know, being in your Bible and getting up early and how important that is. And I hit seasons where I'm like, well, yes, 30 minutes of sleep would actually be better. Yeah. Or I'll be honest, I go th- I've just coming out of a season of feeling really disconnected from scripture. Where yeah. feeling like I wasn't drinking as deeply as yes. I have before. So what what do you say to those people? Okay, I'm going to come at it from several angles. And again, there's an entire chapter in the book, In the Word in Every Season. And I actually talk about different seasons of life and how that might look different. When you have a newborn, you're probably not going to be studying deeply in Leviticus because your brain is yes. not going to be working. When you're walking through chemo treatments and it's causing a lot of brain fog, it may look different that way. I mean, I'm just being totally honest. Like God is so much greater than our seasons. He doesn't give Mm -hmm. us, if you look in scripture, first of all, you're not going to see the words quiet time. That's a phrase that (laughs) we have made up. You're going to see people walking with Jesus. And you're also Mm going to see Jesus himself getting away and being alone with the father, spending all night in prayer, you know, getting up early. And you know what else you're going to see? You're going to see Jesus be interrupted by his needy disciples. Like Jesus completely understands when you are seeking to know him. Yeah. It's going to look like reading your Bible, but it's also going to go look like just go out and live your Bible and live what you have read in your everyday life. And so first of all, I want to approach it for the person who feels overwhelmed, overcommitted, like they just do not have the time. Um, I want to challenge you on this one. I really want to challenge you because Jesus didn't call you to be overwhelmed and overcommitted. So um, maybe it'll take just going through your schedule and going, okay, where is something that I can cut out? Like, where am I spending? There's a Mm -hmm. lot of screen time apps on our phone. Like delete, I delete social media from my phone almost every day at one point. So I just really focus. It's not hard. right? It's not that big of a deal. You literally just delete the app. (laughs) And then you can download it later. Or like I, I delete it on the weekends. I do not check social media on the weekends. And that gives me time to rest. It gives me time to focus. I don't wear a watch on Sundays. (laughs) Like that is, I love that. That's a really practical way for me to Sabbath. Now I have two kids. So Sabbath is, you know, in this season, 
they're five and two. I'm not just going to be like resting all day. I, they still need to have food. They still need to have, you know, <laughs> diapers changed and nap and all that stuff. Um, but that's one very practical way that I can go, God, I am giving you this day. And so I, I'm challenging you again to go through and go, okay, what are some very, those are simple changes. Like delete social media friend. Mm-hmm. Like, don't be afraid to do that. You're not going to miss out on anything. As a matter of fact, you're going to see how many things you were probably missing out on in your real everyday life right in front of you. Yes. Um, yes. So go through that, you know, see where can you add the word into your daily routine? So, um, you know, some people, again, I know there are seasons of busyness that can't be avoided. Like, you know, say you're taking care of a family member who's sick or, or things like that. Like, um, I actually have a friend who her, they've been having a quarantine, um, lately and she's got four kids. I mean, she is busy and she's homeschooling at home because they're having a quarantine. So like her life is busy right now and Mm -hmm. God knows that. And so there's different ways that we can bring scripture into our everyday. You can listen to it. Like praise the Lord. We have phones. We can literally just click play, listen to it as you fold the laundry, right? I write verses on my hands a lot. Um, so that I've got it right in front of me take cards with you, um, you know, have a friend, reach out to your friends, be the one that reaches out to them and prays for them and sends them a verse. And I guarantee they're going to be so grateful and reciprocate in that. Like there are so many ways you can bring it into your everyday routine. And maybe your mornings are crazy and you're like, but I can't wake up early or I really need the sleep right now. Okay. You have to eat lunch. Your kids have nap time or, you know, there's, there's carpool. So I would Mm -hmm. encourage you to like, there's no rules. Break the rules. Find ways to spend time with Jesus. Listen to his word. Um, find ways to dwell on it. Memor- uh, meditating on scripture has been like so transformational in the past year or two because I've realized like I can literally take this verse with me. And as I'm folding laundry, as I'm doing the dishes, um, you know, just the daily mundane that all of us have to do. I can literally be thinking about God's word and talking to him in those moments. Like yes. you can just bring him with you. He doesn't just stay mm-hmm. in his Bible. Like his word yeah. is living and active. And as um, at my church this Sunday, our pastor was talking about like, we are the, the temple now. Like we are the temple of the Holy Spirit and you have him with you. He is your helper. He's your comforter. So that's the first way is I just want to say one, there probably are things you can cut out to prioritize mm-hmm. Christ, like make that the non-negotiable the of your day, the thing that you cannot survive without, like you need some time in the word. And again, yes. if that's not 30 minutes Bible study, that's okay. Like listen to it on your commute, find ways mm-hmm. to, and you're going to start craving it more and more. You're going to start seeing like, Oh man, I need this. Like I need this. I love this. I'm going to find more ways to to make this the priority of my day and what it's based around. Um, And just in case people don't know how, like you can literally download the Bible app Yes, and open up to scripture and hit, there's a little play button and it will literally read it to you. So I've, when I had, like when my youngest was a newborn, that was how I spent time in the word was laid in my bed with her next to me and just listen to it. And that is one of my favorite things to tell like new moms or, or people in a season, like what you're talking about, that it's just so cool to have it like just wash over you. And I love that you're like, Hey, it doesn't have to be concordance and study and notebooks. Those things are good, but life is seasonal. Yes. And keep that. Like, I think that brings so much freedom to women too. 
and to know that, you know, we, we have a study, um, like a lot of this book is about just how the spiritual disciplines bring us freedom and joy. You wouldn't, I don't think, um, people would look at it and go, Oh, this is about spiritual disciplines, but you're going to see that woven throughout, um, the entire book, like the discipline of obedience, of simplicity, of stillness, of prayer, worship, giving fellowship, like all of these are the gifts of grace to us from God, um, to know him and to fellowship with him, like in our everyday lives. And so, um, if, if you think that, oh, because I don't have 30 minutes to get out my concordance, um, which you may not even have a concordance, that's okay. Like start where you are. And so if you don't have those 30 minutes, then find every pocket of time that you can spend time in the word. So get creative. Like God is the author of creativity. Ask for his help too. Like just the Lord, he's, he's with you Just say, God, help me find this time. Or, um, you know, I'll ask the Holy spirit too. just like, Holy spirit, help me identify even in this moment when I could be making better use of my time. Like mm-hmm. I may be scrolling social media without purpose in that moment, or just going down like the rabbit hole, you know, when you, you yep. get on and you yeah. go, why, why did I pull this up again? And how, how did I get here? Like how, why, <laughs> yeah. who is this person I'm looking at on social media right now? I don't even know them. Um, and so in those moments to start going, there's a better way. There's a better way for me to use my time and um, ask God to help you with that. I love that. And I love that it's so tangible that you're, I'm just so here for somebody not giving me lofty ideas, yes. <laughs> but yep. actually saying here are some really practical ways to do this. And yes. I, I think, and you and I talked, I think it was before we started recording just about seasons and how, you know, there are seasons of creativity, there are seasons of time, there are seasons of margin. Mm -hmm. And I think that we get so locked in on this idea that everything needs to look the same always, that we miss the beauty of God created those seasons. And he created us as these multifaceted beings that you know, somebody like me, I love change. I love change. And so sometimes I have to change up how I'm studying scripture Yeah, to like mix it up and, and make it fun. And then there are other people who love routine. They love things to look the same. And for them doing the same thing every day is what helps them connect with God. And I think that that's just really important to recognize those seasons and that you need to do what you can with what you've got with how God made you. Yes. And trusting God to do the rest. Like he he does the work through the word. And um, so as you're in the word, like you can trust that he is, he's doing the work in you. No, you're not going to be like a totally different person after the 30 minutes he spent reading. (laughs) Like, but it's this slow transformational growth, just like a seed, you know, when it's, growing into a plant, like it takes time. There's no seed that just all of a sudden the next day, it's a beautiful flower. And it's the same in our own lives and our walks with the word. Like this is a slow process, but it's a really beautiful one. Amen. Gretchen, I mean, I know already that we could talk for another hour. I know. But I kind of wish we should, we could though. <laughs> I know. I'm so, I just, I really, I'm so thankful for your heart and for your message and that we're laughing before we started recording that you reach people that I'm too mean for. (laughs) Mean is not the right word. (laughs) That I'm too aggressive for and that I reach people that need that like 
hard hitting, you know, straight up whatever. And I'm just thankful that we get to work together. And I'm so excited for your book to be out. Tell everybody where they can find and follow you and well-watered women and and just keep up with you. Yeah. So um, just social media, you can go to at well-watered women. Um, and then my personal profile is at Gretchen Saffles. If you need help spelling that, you can go to the show notes and see um, <laughs> what it is. Um, and then you can also go to wellwateredwomen.com. We have a, we have a shot. With- it's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event. So give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824.